All human thought, all science, all religion is the holding of a candle. Are we human because we gaze at the stars? Or do we gaze at them because we are human? When the stars were right, they could plumb the world to pastures in the sky. But when the stars were wrong, they could not live. But although they no longer lived, they would never really die. When the universe is vast and inexplicable, and you are weak and insignificant, then you know you're playing Call of Cthulhu. This is an actual play of Call of Cthulhu 7th edition, featuring adult themes and horror. Listener discretion is advised. Find our published scenarios at starsareright.com or contact us for help unleashing your own twisted tales upon an unsuspecting world. And now, settle in, dear listener. Intrigue, high adventure, and cosmic horror await when the stars are right. Hello and welcome back, listeners. Today, we will be playing session 8 of Angel's Thirst from Calls of Cthulhu, written by Chris Lackey, Mike Mason and Friends, and published by Chaosium. Who are you all playing and how are you today, Hal? I'm playing Adelaide Glifford, and I heard cats have nine lives, so I feel shortchanged. Oh, you took away my joke. Oh, Brayden. <laughs> hey, I'm playing a mystery character, but to summarise the Bengal cat's life, I think it would be most fitting to use bullet points. Noxicals. I am playing Thomas Tommy Cornell and no, Benji, no! Sweet Benji. Lydia. Hi, I'm playing Johnny Webster and I'm wondering if the people at Money Supermarket would look at me funny if I asked about life insurance for a fictional character. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm Fedra, you give the day and Kitty's got no lives left. <laughs> Lydia, tell us what happened last time. Tommy is intercepted by security guards as he tries to enter the church. In a valiant, nay, Oscar worthy performance, he continues his pretense of being drunk. The armed men let him go. Inside the church, the rest of the party hears faint snoring from upstairs. Stealthily opening the secret doorway marked on the stolen blueprints, they discover another level beneath the seemingly respectable church, an undertemple decorated in mysterious carvings and strange symbols adorning the walls that seems somewhere between Aztec and ancient Egyptian, a sinister altar with channels stained with dried blood, and a wicked-looking sacrificial knife dominate the room. A huge stone bas-relief of a tentacled, squid-like being looks down at them balefully. It's clearly time for some answers from Elsie. She protests she had no idea of the Undertemple's existence, but it doesn't seem like a great shock to her. Her mother Wilma, she confirms, is a cultist who abuses her children and has the police in her pocket. A great danger is brewing, she says, as her mother plans a grand ritual for Halloween. Wilma has supernatural allies, among them her boyfriend Carl Mann. He is not human, says Elsie, but one of the fish-like abominations who attacked the party at Lombardo's warehouse. Carl intends to betray Wilma and take control of the ritual in an attempt to rouse the sleeper, an ominous phrase. They must rescue the cult's captives, including Levi Diaz, Elsie says, and if they have the chance to kill her mother, they should take it. She gives the address of the ritual site, a gas station on the edge of Angeles National Forest, and a password to use if challenged. Revenant. The party offers to help Elsie escape, but she believes she can be of more use to them from the inside. The Bengal cat soon cracks Wilma's hidden safe. There is no octopus god statue inside, but he collects a number of mysterious-looking books along with some promising paperwork. It seems a profitable night, but fate takes a cruel turn. As the group attempts to creep away from the church, Adelaide trips, the noise summoning the guards. 
they immediately respond with massed firepower. Even the Bengal cat cannot outrun a machine gun. The art thief falls dead, shot through the head. With no other option, the party gathers the spoils of Wilma Cartwright's safe and runs for safety. We are back, and it is a sad, sad day, as you have rushed home on Monday at the break of dawn, and you find yourselves minus a comrade. You're carrying some stolen books and papers, and as your lives are relatively safe, you come to the realization of what happened. What does everyone do? I feel like Johnny is just cuddling Samson the cat and trying not to cry and failing. I think Tommy gets back to wherever it is and he sort of slumps back against the wall and just spends probably the next hour just saying, Fuck! Shit! God damn it! Can we assume that, um... We all sort of reconvene um, at Adelaide's suite. Mm. Well, Adelaide and Johnny's suite at the whichever fancy hotel we're at. And maybe she can uh, ring down for some Bloody Marys or something, seeing as it's morning, and start spreading out the papers from the safe on the table through sort of bleary eyes. I feel like perhaps you should lose some sanity for seeing another investigator die. So why don't we do some sanity rolls all around? That seems fair. On the house. <laughs> Free 99. You're spoiling us, Fedra. So what do we got? Oh, I've passed by five. Okay. Johnny has passed. The cat cuddles helped. Okay. Adelaide rolled exactly her sanity. That is a 40. Okay. So she is just barely holding it together. We can assume that she's gone very quiet, which is unusual for her. Mm -hmm. And her hands are sort of shaking as she spreads out these papers. And her voice shakes as she as she calls down for Bloody Marys. Okay, and you've all passed. So, yeah, go ahead. No loss for anyone. We probably would have been more upset if he'd been more successful at breaking into things, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> it was his fault, really. I'm upset hey. about his family. <laughs> hey, wait a minute. I'm more upset by the fact that his family is nearby and we're going to have to go and tell them. Oh, yeah. I'm very much putting off that moment. Yeah, all his kids. Bengal kittens. kittens. Oh. I think maybe after a bit of arranging these papers, Adelaide just sort of shakes her head like she's been trying to make sense of them, but she can't even she can't even read them through the tears in her eyes. So she leans back and is like, um, we're going to have to buy some flowers. And we're going to have to tell that man's family what happened. I think Tommy's doing that thing where he's sort of chewing on the inside of his own mouth. Uh, and uh, And he'll say, I don't think flowers are going to cut it, do you? No. <laughs> I don't know what to do. Why the hell didn't you climb out one of the side windows? God only knows. I... I feel so stupid. We should have just told her to call off her, her guards. We should have... We should have been more careful. Damn it, I... I don't think any of us knew what we were up against. We should have been better prepared. We knew these were dangerous people. Damn it, I thought we knew what we were doing. I mean, we survived the mob and we survived them, the fishy blokes and then it was like some security guards. And it was just so sudden. They weren't just guards. They were true believers, I can tell you that. I managed to... I managed to hold them back for long enough for you to get in, but they... they weren't hired goons. <sighs> How do you mean? They spoke about the church like they believed in it as well. Oh. We have got to stop these people. What are they yeah. doing to this town? Yeah, we do, yeah. 
Did you at least get what you needed? Do you know where your goddamn statue is? I don't... I don't know. I... I'm gonna... Can we at this point take a look at the papers and see what we've got? You said we got books and papers from the safe and I've also got a copy of, um... What was it called? Some sort of witch cult book? No, you didn't take that. Did I not? I thought I said I did. No. That was next to her bed. She was reading it. Like, that was on her bedside table. You looked at it. You didn't take it. I couldn't just, like, press X to loot. No. Whatever. I was going to... I'll cross that off my list. (laughs) We could almost certainly just get that from a library, though, if we needed to do research. Because we know who it's by. Oh, that's a good point. Have you got Fly Fishing by J.R. Hartley? (laughs) (laughs) That's a joke that almost none of our listenership will get. I apologise. I didn't either. (laughs) No. (laughs) Like, ha, 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 ha. Yes, I also understand jokes. Look at me. I'm wasted. (laughs) Ten years at the RSC, darlings. It's true. I thought you were saying you were drunk for a second there. (laughs) Well, that too. (laughs) Uh, look at us jokes <laughs> we get everything alright uh, I will need an accounting role uh, for uh, to see how much detail you get from the documents oh dear I'm actually alright at accounting I've got 40 mm-hmm. has anyone got better no I've got 29 because um, I think I, I started helping with the household after papa went loopy <laughs> Yeah. Oddly enough, Johnny has none at all. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm going to try anyway, just in case luck is with me. My sweet boy doesn't maths. No, he really doesn't maths. Yeah, I haven't passed. I got 62 versus 40. Ooh. I got a 23. That's under 29. All right. No, 42 here. Okay. Uh, so we have one success. Yeah, I guess I rub the tears out of my eyes and, and look at the numbers again. Mm-hmm. What am I getting? So, you get some legal documents regarding all manner of property and financial holdings. And in particular, you notice documents for the purchase of two properties. A house in Malibu and a gas station near the northeastern edge of the Angeles National Forest. The other ones are not that interesting. They are mostly apartment buildings in LA. Attached to the Malibu house and the gas station paperwork are transfer of ownership papers to a man named Carl Mann with two N's. Middle name Fish. <laughs> there, is also, <laughs> there is also correspondence between Carl Mann and Wilma, where Carl thanks Wilma for doing, quote, the right thing by his family and also refers to the house in Malibu as a holy place. Addresses for both the Malibu house and the gas station are in the files. You also have three books. One is named Invocations to Dagon. The other one is named the Sussex Manuscript. And one is unnamed. Oh dear, what does it look like? It looks like a more modern copy that is possibly a translation of a very, very old manuscript. So it's more of a... I guess it's less than a... less less a book and more of a... yeah, man, manual manuscript type thing. Can you remind us, um, how does it work with trying to figure out the general gist of what books are about? In Call of Cthulhu you can't just sort of skim the uh, back cover, right? No, those are all mythos tomes. Some light bedtime reading. <laughs> So basically, Mythos tomes work thusly. You can do an initial light pass of the tome in a time period that is determined by the keeper. At the end of the uh, light pass, you get a sanity loss if you believe what the book says. And you also gain a little bit of Mythos. And then you can choose to do a full study which is indicated in the tome and it tends to be many weeks and at the end of it you might be able to gain spells and you gain more mythos points. Uh, Having tomes can also be worked as a replacement, you can use it as a reference and roll against the book's mythos rather than your mythos if you have it on you. Oh my. As in if you see something you could be like, just a second, I'm just gonna look this up. Yep, exactly. 
<laughs> they are all books have a mythos rating, and you roll against that if you have the book to look at. Terrifying monster flies towards you. I stop and I read <laughs> through this book to see if I can find a picture of it. Yeah, I was going to say. It's that... more that you see the monster and then you return to your room and you're like, let's see if I can find information on this, and then you roll against the book. Okay, so it's not intended to can't be like. It, yeah. no. it can't be in the moment like, oh, do I remember this from the book? It has to be like I go and look it up like, like afterwards. Yeah, because if I remember it from the book, it would be equivalent to rolling your mythos, your mythos. Because after you read the book, you get extra mythos points. Okay, cool. cool so cool, yeah, cool. you have three tomes, and um, you can start reading them whenever you like, and I can tell you how long they take, depending on which ones you want to read. Oh, Adelaide's eyes glitter. <laughs> There's three tomes and three of us. Mm-hmm. Well, hang on. Are there any with pictures of particularly <laughs> large print? <laughs> you also need to roll a language roll, I think, for the first uh, read. Are, are, are any of them not in English? We have English, and we have... Oh, there it is. Yeah, they're all English. So, uh, let me get this straight. The daughter is also Crackers, and she says they're all going to gather at some gas station. Which we now have the address of. She's right. not Crackers, she's just scared. Her mum is... She's, her mum's definitely a wrong one, but we knew that already. She wants to take over, that's what you seem to be implying. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, she told us this Carl Mann wants to take over, but there was definitely something in her eyes towards the end there. <sighs> she wanted us to kill her mum. Maybe that's the right thing to do. I don't think killing people's ever the right thing to do. They killed Benji. They did. Blood gets blood. And then that's going to just get more blood, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. An eye for an eye does make the world blind. Yeah, I didn't mean that to be a good thing. Come on, Johnny. You're a nice chap, but it's time to strap on a pair, son. I, I don't know what to do. This isn't just a nice, friendly fanny about in Los Angeles trying to find a statue anymore. They killed one of ours, and they'll kill the rest of us if they get a chance. We already know too much. And if you trust that daughter, you're madder than I thought. If we're going to stop this, if we're going to get this statue, that's probably going to mean some shooting. It's probably going to mean some killing. You need to make sure you're all right with that, son. Well, the police aren't going to help us, are they? Police are in their pocket, that's what you said, right? Yeah. I feel that's true. I don't like it any more than you do, Johnny, but this might be the only option we have. There's simply no two ways about it. We have to stop them. What is it that we're trying to stop exactly? This church has got its claws deep into this community. They've kidnapped we don't know how many people. Apparently there are children being abused. And, and it's set to continue. It's just going to turn into power struggle after power struggle and people toppling each other at the top of this awful pyramid and God knows what monsters being encouraged into the town. I mean, when the local mob is being deposed by, by, by fishmen, it, there's, there's only so much this city is going to be able to take before there's blood in the streets. We have to but, nip this in the bud. The point is, the kidnapped people and your statue are going to be at this gas station. Is that what we think? That's my hope. Well, three of us ain't going to be enough, is it? We don't have anybody else, do we? What about what's-her-face? We're looking for her dad. Maybe she can... Selena. Yeah. Yeah. Hook us up with some people. I don't know, big burly cousins or something. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe she's got some friends, yeah. Yes, all right. I don't want to put that sweet child in harm's way. Well, I don't want to put you in harm's way neither, but if... Tommy's oh, right, then... You know I can handle myself. We've got to. Yeah. Yeah, you can. But I expect Selena's mother's already lost enough. But we should we should tell her what we've learned, at least. Give her what little we know. Uh, in case of... Well, just in case. Hang on a minute. In her dream, did she say the place where her dad was being held was watery? Um... Was that what she said? It was a city, I think. Strange like, city. With, yeah, with, with weird buildings. But I yeah. don't think she said anything about water. All right, then. I was wondering if maybe... Maybe the people were being held at the beach house. That's a good question. Keeper, can we roll to remember? 
Do you remember the yeah, I can either dream. do roll or no roll. Well, or I can scroll to check the notes. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I like this metagaming. <clears throat> Strange ruined city, frightened of monsters. Yeah, no specific mention of water. Okay. Hmm. Well, the fishmen could well be the monsters, couldn't they? They could. That would make sense. It seems to me we have two destinations here. We've been told the ritual is going to be taking place at this gas station of all places. And then there's this this lake house. What were we told in connection with the lake house? It belongs to Carman now. I think that must be the place in Malibu. Yes, I think you're right. And I don't know, does he live there? Um. The letters say that she was doing right by his family, right? Malibu's a beach house. If his family are fish people. I see what you're saying. Yeah. It's going to be a. It's going to be a very close to the beach house, isn't it? And she said it was really nice. A, a Malibu's posh, right? I, I, I've never been. <laughs> oh, <laughs> not yet happened. Neither have I. <laughs> but I heard things. But I heard things. <laughs> I don't know why I keep calling it a lake house. I guess it, the sea is kind of a really big lake house. Yeah, yeah a big, a lake big salty lake. lake yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've never been, but Google says it's forty-five minutes drive away. <laughs> Perfect. Look at okay, you. Okay, we fill the house ahead of we, your time. <laughs> <laughs> we fill a car with dynamite, and we just, you know. Light it all and then pile it in through the wall. We've got a couple of options here, right? We could, I don't know, we could go and stake them out, is that...? If we can stop whatever's happening by going to the house, then we wouldn't need to go and stop it at the garage when there's going to be way more people. You're right. And we yeah, don't know right. what awaits us yet at the gas station, unless it's in one of these books. We can take a look. I mean, they... She talked about they call up other spirits, right? Like fire ones and and stuff. And at a gas station, I think that's going to be dangerous. You're telling me it's not just fishmen? Yeah, there's like fire ones and I think she said other like wind ones and stuff as well. Something about communing with elemental spirits. Yeah, All that was very Elem- esoteric. Them. <sighs> I think we should check the places out. You're right. Trying to stop a ritual or whatever it is they're doing when there's probably a whole bunch of them dancing and singing and carrying knives is a bad plan. But if the house is full of those fishmen, I mean, they were tossing those mobsters about like ragdolls. We might stand more chance with more humans than fewer fishmen, I don't know. Yeah, I'd rather fight a human than a fishman. If I had to fight someone, yeah. Although if I were going to kill someone, my own hands as it were, those abominations don't deserve to live. I suspect they might be a bit harder to kill though. Mm. I say, we tell our uh, our damsel in distress what we know, and then we go and scope out both places. Do we know when this ritual's taken place? That's a good question. I think she gave us a timeline. Right? Uh, Halloween, she said. Did she? How far mm-hmm. away from Halloween are we? What day is it today? Um, it's the, <laughs> it's, the it's Monday morning of now. March Timber. <laughs> is it? I'm sure I remember the date, the 28th, being mentioned at some point, but I can't remember where I heard that. There's a ghostly voice telling us in the chat that uh, Halloween is tomorrow. Yeah, today, well done, Bryn. Today is Monday the 30th. Oh boy, okay. Tuesday 31st, the spookiest night of the year. (laughs) We don't have long. Oh boy. Okay, well, there's no time to waste then. I I really do feel like we have to say something to Mr. Cat's family. Yeah. Yeah, we do. (sighs) Alright, how about this? Um, I forget, uh, were the Bengal Cat's family in the same hotel as us, or in another hotel? They were in the boat, right? No, they left the boat because we realised we were dealing with fishmen and people on boats kept disappearing. They're in the hotel Mm. with us. They're in the same hotel. Okay, so fine. (sighs) Fine. Um, I'm going to make some phone calls. I'll um, I'll get some breakfast sent up. I I feel the need for a long bath, but I don't I don't think we have the time. I think we need to I think we need to see what's in these books. If there's any scrap of a clue of what awaits us. I think we need to know it. 
Seems sensible. Yeah. Well, past one ear, I guess. There's three of them and three of us. Do we have any uh, sense of a way of divvying them up based on difficulty? Because it sounds like if they're tied to our skill in English, then it's going to be our education stat. All right, let's have a look. Tomes. This is what Call of Cthulhu is about, son. We've been to the library. <laughs> now we're reading tomes. We know how to party. Tommy is intelligent, but not very educated. He's got a 50 in English. Johnny's got a 40, but I think most of that is basically just listening to people recite stuff at his work because he works in a theatre. <laughs> he can read and write, but that's probably about it, to be honest. Well, Adelaide's clocking in at 70. She went to university, don't you know? It's looking like there is a book that is smaller called uh, The Invocations to Dagon. And then the book called The Sussex, Sussex Manuscript is actually quite large, quite a thick tome. And then you have the other book, which looks like, like even for English, it's quite difficult to comprehend. It's not necessarily a big book, but you know, you open up and you try to read a sentence and it takes you like four times to like put it together as if the, as if it's a translation of something that was written like before language was invented or something, or like in the beginnings of, yeah. Well, I'm happy to have a crack at the, uh weirdest one, unless anyone else particularly feels confident. No. I'll take the small one. <laughs> and I'll take the big one that's at least mostly in English. Uh, how about this for a plan? I was going to suggest um, that Adelaide phones down to the hotel concierge and uh, yes, thank you very much for the Bloody Marys, but now we would like lots of coffee and uh, breakfast, just whatever, just send up food. Um, and then whatever uh, tip it's going to take to get them to send a runner to a local florist and just bring a huge bouquet, um, some kind of hamper or some, some kind of fancy room service food. I just want to be able to show up to uh, the suite the Bengal Cats family was in um, with a lot of flowers and nice food and apologize real quick and then we can come back and carry on reading. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that all should happen nicely according to plan. Is that okay with everyone, unless you've got another idea? Yeah, I think Tommy will want to be there when you tell his family, but other than that, that seems sensible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Brayden, but I think uh, the Bengal's cat, a cat's wife, is quite a, a strong woman. She knew the risks. Um, and even though it's it's really sad news, she takes it very well and she doesn't put the blame on you. She knows that, you know, it's it's always a risk of the job. Yeah, definitely. I mean, she's a burglar as well. Well, she yeah. was, but is. Um, yeah, she'd understand the risk. It wouldn't make it any easier though, I suppose. No. She's also really big and beefy, right? She's like a bodybuilder. Is that right? <laughs> yep. Yep. That's so intimidating. <laughs> In which case, I'll take one of her brawny hands and I'll say, uh, we're going to get them, all right? We're going to sort out the people that did it. Yes, we will. You, justice will be served. And please, um, don't, you know, don't worry about the, the hotel and please consider that all, all taken care of. Thank you. And um, she sent the kids to their room for this conversation. So now she says she's going to have to go and tell them herself. So she says goodbye. And she leaves you back to it. So, um, <clears throat> from everyone, I'm going to need a successful English language role uh, alongside uh, for Johnny, 16 hours reading. For Tommy, 36 hours reading. Oh no, and there's no time. For Adelaide, 54 hours reading. No, no, no. <laughs> and that's the, that's the skim read. Yeah. Oh, oh, well, we don't, we don't wow. have time. Though. We don't have time to do it. This, it's going to become really clear really quickly. We don't have time to do it. No. So yeah, getting nowhere. Not none of those fit within the time frame that we've got, except maybe the sixteen-hour one. We basically have to go start scoping places out this evening, right? Under cover of darkness, we need to be like ready, geared up, and on the road. I mean, in all honesty, I'd like to go and skim them out in the daylight, because if they're yeah. going to be doing illicit stuff, they're going to be doing it in the dark. I think we should do both. 
Yeah, especially the gas station, because there aren't going to be street lights up there. Okay. Not in the 1920s. So we have a morose breakfast, <laughs> alternating coffee and Bloody Mary and Danishes, and then just realise there's you, no way. You probably get in, like, five hours of that and then realise that you don't have time because, you you know, you look at the time and you're like, oh, no, we're not even halfway there. And then you give up. But I'm happy to have you, if you want to keep a note of where you are in the book, I'm happy to, like, deduct five hours of reading if you keep a note on that. Yeah, I can, I can keep a note of that. And then you can do it after, in the epilogue. The other option we have, if, if we know that the... If it becomes relatively qu- clear relatively quickly that the invocations to Dagon, there is a chance that we could read it ahead of the ritual. You do still need to roll English, actually. Oh, we still need to roll English anyway, even for the five yes. hours. Yeah. yeah. Well, I succeeded. Okay. Hard success, just. Uh, no, Johnny is not in the reading mood today. 72. Okay, so that did not work for the invocations. Oh, good. It's not like that was the important one or anything. <laughs> Does the name Dagon mean anything to us, by the way, as characters? Is that an occult role or mythos exclusively? Mythos. Can I, I'm going to give it a go. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, no. That's a 98. You fumbled it. I fumbled my mythos roll. <laughs> oh, dear. That can't be good, right? Uh, that is really bad. You turn into a fish man. Oh, I should not have rolled at all. Oh, no. Oh, no. I have regrets. I um, get sucked into the book, and now I'm just one of the illustrations. Adelaide. Yes? You are... Trying your best to make sense of a book that you soon realize must be a translation of a thousand, many thousand year old tome. After a few hours, the words start becoming jumbled together. They start moving around hypnotically and then your eyes roll back and you fall and in a flash you find yourself in a cave the rotting smell of fish is everywhere and as you open your eyes you see two terrifying creatures like the ones you've seen before turn and look at you the mouths covered in flesh and gore they start running towards you and then you fall deeper You find yourself in a small room and you see three men, chained, injured. One of them you recognize, maybe you've seen pictures of him, leave ideas. He looks at you to help and as you reach closer, you fall again. You're near a bonfire, you're part of a circle and you're chanting and fiery orbs of light are moving all around you. You are happy. And then you fall again, and you're in a strange, terrifying city. You're surrounded by sea, and the buildings and the architecture make no sense. You try and run to get back to where you were, but you find yourself arriving to the same place over and over again. And then you look up, and you see the book and the room you're in. And everyone else there, raw sanity. That is an 81, which is decidedly a failure. 1d10, please. Ouch. Oh no, that is a zero. That is to say a 10. <laughs> oh no. That's what happens when you fumble a mythos. I am very sorry, gang. Oh. oh, Adelaide. Have you passed both limits? Almost. Um, I'm down to 30 sanity, and... Oh, God! Yes, I have. Yeah, 32 was my um, point of indefinite insanity. Okay. Oh, God, these books have done for me. That is a bout of madness. Sure is. Roll me a d10 for inspiration. Six. You are overtaken by all the imagery you have experienced and the complexity and the confusion and the uncertainty in this world and you realize that 
You don't want the uncertainty. You don't want the confusion. You don't want that fear. And is there anything you can really count on in this world? Yes, there is. It's Johnny. Aww. He has always been your rock. He has always been your touchstone. It's true. He is the only thing you can ever trust and feel safer on in this world. When you look at him, the whole world disappears and your heart, your skin, your arms, your mind, they all hurt when you're not in physical contact with Johnny. Every time you lose sight of Johnny, every time you're not physically touching Johnny, you feel like you might die. Roll me a d10. Okay. <laughs> That's another 10. For the next no, no. For the next 10 hours. Okay. If you're not physically seeing and touching Johnny, you Oh boy. will have penalty dice in everything you do <laughs> and you'll be planet. miserable. Oh. Okay. Oh man. Anxious attachment disorder <laughs> has been developed. <laughs> We're going for high levels of codependence here. I hope you're ready oh for this, word. Johnny. Oh. Sorry, Johnny. <laughs> uh, it's my fault for shipping anybody in Call of Cthulhu. <laughs> this Can we fashion get? some sort of papoose for Johnny to carry Adelaide around in? Yeah, I just piggyback, right? Oh, this is going to make Hasina seem, like, emotionally healthy. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess she, like, she, like, shudders awake from, like, this sequence of visions and just, like, falls forward and, and rocks backwards trying to compensate and then just stumbles straight into Johnny's arms. Or I guess if he sat down, she just kind of flops across his lap. But also staring at him the whole time because you can't just have one. Well, okay, then she kind of like twists and rolls over. It's very unladylike and very unlike her. <laughs> She's trying to lie in his lap and get a grip of his shoulders so she can look up at him. <laughs> Darling, I had, Stella? I had the worst Stella? dream. It was terrible. I, it was oh, like right. it was like a vision of. Hold me, Johnny. And he does. He's holding her and he's stroking her hair. She's going to sob into his shoulders. What was it, Della? You tell me. It's all right. It's all right. Come on. It's all right, love. I saw them. And Mr. Diaz, the others, and the the ceremony. I was there. I was enjoying it. The ritual felt like... Oh, it was... I saw more of those creatures and the city, and I... I don't want to read that book. I don't think we've got time, and I don't... I don't want to read it, and we just, we've got to stay safe. Whatever we do, we've got to stay together and we've got to stay safe. Yes, we will. Don't worry. You don't have to do anything you don't want to. And I'm here and I, I'm, I'm not going to let anything happen to you. I promise. Thank you, my love. You're my rock, you know that? And you are for me. Tommy will look up from where he's reading his book, <laughs> looking deeply uncomfortable. And Samson says you are as well. I um, I, I think you're right. This book's probably a bit too long. I might um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm gonna find a cup of tea. Um, <laughs> would anyone else like tea? I can I can take a while. I'll get tea. I'll go get tea from somewhere quite far away. Good. good uh, I'll be back. No, don't be long. Take the sock. Put we it don't... on the door. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> we don't have time we have to go we have to be ready well, maybe you should go buy shotguns instead of tea <laughs> I don't know that I can buy shotguns Did we, we don't actually know do we whether or not we could go to a hunting goods store and try and buy some shotguns yeah I'm sure hmm. you can it's LA in like the 20s cool All right. Well, Selena could buy them for us if we can find her. If that, mm. if the worst comes to the worst, yeah, we've yeah. got we've got contact details for her or something, haven't we? We know where she works or something. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get in touch. All right. Well, you two finish up where you're going to finish up. 
I'll go find a sporting goods store and buy some rifles. <laughs> and then we'll go talk to Selena. Deal? Good man. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. And he'll walk out. <laughs> we're not going to roleplay this scene. <laughs> no, no, we're not. We're going to leave it to people's imaginations. That's Patreon content only. <laughs> Don't tempt them. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, you know, time passes. You manage to get some uh, rifles. Uh, This whole time, Adelaide, you're doing what you need to do to survive. (laughs) (laughs) Johnny's doing exactly what he's told, I would imagine. Yeah, I guess so. To be Um, honest, I think it's mostly going to be sort of sad puppy mode. It's going to be like, no, I don't want you to go to work. <laughs> like, hey, are you, you're just, you're peeing in there, right? Is that what you're, you're it's just, you've been a while and I just, I just wanted to check on you. Like, it's going to be that sort of thing. <laughs> oh, bless. Yeah, I don't know how comfortable you, you would feel with the door closed to the bathroom. No, exactly. Yeah. So she's like, she's not quite doing the cat thing where they stick their paw <laughs> under and like scrape around. <laughs> But she is gonna like sort of pull over a hotel chair to like, not like next to the bathroom door, but like just sort of like a bit nearer, you know. I just, than, I, like... just I need to hear your bathroom noises, darling. <laughs> I need to know you're still there. I just feel more comfortable. You're probably, if I'm close she's probably to you. crying. There's a lot oh, of that's yeah. a prop about, you know. You can't just cope with it. No, when the door's shut, she's like trying to keep it together and trying to figure out what the hell is wrong with her because this never used to happen. And there's a lot of hugging and after he comes out and just it feels like he's come back from the war or something. She can't explain why. It was a big one, love, but it wasn't that big. <laughs> I, just, I just want to know you're all right. <laughs> you were gone for so long. I thought maybe you'd never come back. Oh, no. <laughs> We've got hours and hours of this left. <laughs> <laughs> the whole rest of the episode. Yeah, it's true. It's ten hours. He can't You're be gone for ten. more than an hour or two. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess we know who's driving if we if we get a car. <laughs> I'll drive if Johnny sits in my lap. <laughs> but otherwise, <laughs> I think by this point he's just looking kind of shell shocked. <laughs> yeah, this is new. <laughs> he just doesn't know what on earth is going on. I think the the first few hours are like, okay, well, she's having a rough time. And then after yeah, I was five. Sweet. And then eventually, <laughs> okay. Yeah, definitely. He's kind of, by the time that Tommy gets back, he's probably in sort of just sideways eyes mode. He's like, <laughs> I don't know what to do or say or move or anything at all. And Adelaide's not super happy about it if he isn't looking at her. <laughs> So if he's like, you know, side-eyeing too much or like focusing on whatever else, then she just kind of like shuffles around to get into his line of sight and makes sad noises. (laughs) She's like hiding behind the cat tree. (laughs) Every time he tries to like play with Samson. Yeah, exactly. She just wants to be involved in whatever he's doing. And there's just a lot more kind of like just a hand on his shoulder or like just kind of brushing the back of his hair. Just, you know, nothing weird, but just more of it than usual. Just a mm. lot, just maintaining contact. And this is how it goes. And you get your guns and you arrange to meet Selena later that day. I imagine you find the number to where she works and she agrees to meet with you after work. In fact, she says she has um, something that might be of help. She asks, first thing she asks is, um, do you know do you know where my father is? We might, dear. We might. We we have received some information. Oh good. I I also have something that might help. Uh, meet me at the bench where we first met uh, after work at uh, 4. All right. We got a date at a bench. You have some time before 4, but I'm happy to fast forward it. You have your guns now. Feel free to Pick a type of gun, um, Tommy, yeah, from the I'm investigator's handbook. Looking, I'm looking it up now. So I'm, I'm thinking, it, I'm thinking I would probably buy like a hunting rifle and a shotgun, because I think Johnny said he actually could shoot a rifle. Is that right? 
Yes, that's right. Um, he doesn't have any skill above base in handguns, but he can shoot a rifle. Yeah, whereas I've got I've got handguns but no rifle. So if I buy a rifle and a shotgun, the shotgun is more point and click, really, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Adelaide's better with a handgun too, and she's got her revolver. You know that. That would probably be quite good because if it did come to trying to pick people off at the ritual, then Johnny could like climb a tree or something if it's yeah. in a forest and kind of be a sniper. <laughs> Adelaide will be sat on the branch <laughs> behind him, just clutching her arms around him. So generic shotgun then, I'll paste into the uh, chat. That's for Adelaide, I guess. Because I've got a handgun, right? I was I was given a handgun at some point. That's true. From Benji's uh, legacy. Yeah. Yeah. I Please add them to your character sheets. Yeah, the handgun's on my character sheet. Can I buy some bullets for a handgun? Probably, yeah. I don't see why not. Cool. I'm going to add 20 bullets, because let's be honest, if we need more than 20 bullets, we're knackered. <laughs> Do you want to buy two shotguns, and then we can both have backup shotguns and, like, side... Because we, we both have the issue where we're better with handguns. I don't know, is it even worth buying shotguns in those circumstances? I just want to be well-armed. I mean, you send uh, Tommy to buy guns, so... So it's his call, is what you're saying? Yeah, yeah and Tommy's going to buy a rifle and a shotgun and assume that he's going to use the handgun he's got. Fair. So, trying to find a reasonable rifle, and I'll paste that for Johnny. Okay. And, um, yeah, do you do anything else before four really quickly, or do you, are you happy to just survive <laughs> until the time comes to meet Selena? I smoke all the cigarettes I've been forgetting to smoke this whole time. <laughs> I made Adelaide as a smoker, and then at some point, possibly right at the beginning, I forgot. <laughs> I, I don't smoke myself, so I forget. <laughs> But uh, yeah, let's just assume she's been chain smoking the whole time. This hotel room has developed like a, a fog. Right in Johnny's face as well. But yeah, he loves it. <laughs> he doesn't get his own oxygen anymore. It's our oxygen now. <laughs> oh, that's creepy. And four o'clock comes on Monday, the 30th of October. And you go to meet Selena once again, where you first met her at that bench outside of the coffee place. And she's there waiting for you, a hand holding her moon pendant, uh, anxiously looking around. She's alone. Uh, my dear, we've been we've been gathering what information we can, and I want you to understand that we don't know anything for certain. We haven't seen your father yet, but we have heard it is our firm hope that he has been kept captive, but as yet unharmed. I knew he was alive. It's a cult. A, a cult. A church, as it calls itself. We know the people. It sounds dangerous. We're not sure that they're just people either. In fact, we're certain they're not just people. <sighs> I don't understand. Uh, where is your friend? We've, um... Uh, he was lost, I'm afraid. These are dangerous people. Please oh. understand that. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. I was expecting this to be hard, but I was hoping it wouldn't be this hard. I, I trust you to do everything you can to help me and my father. My guardian angel told me you would but I feel that I must help you're only three now and well I've been thinking for a while how maybe you might need some help so I some days ago I contacted some family and oh there he is and she points to a man what sort of man? towards you. You see a grizzled, middle-aged Hispanic man sporting a dour look as he walks away from this old-timey truck. His um, face and hands are scarred, and he has a wispy black moustache and a head of short black curls. He is loading a double-barrel shotgun as he walks over to you and says, um, my name is Ignacio. 
tell me what you know about my brother's whereabouts and the people that have taken him as he snaps the shotgun shut. (laughs) (laughs) I love this guy already. He's badass. We're going to like him. Mm. You all look at him. Selida jumps up and she says, Oh, I'm so glad you came, Uncle Iglesio. And she gives him a hug. She introduces you and she says, This mission is dangerous. They have already lost a comrade. I, I hope, I hope you take care, Uncle. Thank you so much for joining. I will leave you to talk. I have some errands to run for my siblings. And then she walks away. And here we have a group of four investigators getting acquainted (laughs) and lots of guns. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where we're going to end today's episode. Thanks for being there, Brayden. You didn't get to do much. (laughs) That was a great, great listen. It's a good, good conclusion. That brings us to the end of today's episode. Thank you so much, everyone. Brayden, Noxicals, Lydia, Hal, and of course, our amazing co-editor, Jason. You've all been the best. And a big, massive thank you to our listeners. You're all exceptional. Your listens, comments, and ratings are incredibly helpful. But if you want a way to support us further, please consider joining us over on patreon.com forward slash Tazarite, where you get access to episodes a week early. And don't forget, each one of you can get 10% off your next purchase on chaosium.com using the code STARS10. That is the word STARS and the number 10. STARS10. One use for customer only. We'll be back shortly to record Beyond the Madness for our cult elder and avatar tier patrons. They get access to behind-the-scenes discussion after every episode, as well as bonus episodes, exclusive Discord channels, and more. Speaking of Discord, you can find an invite link to our Discord community, as well as all of our social media links on our website at starsaride.com and in the description of this episode. Come join us. Now, farewell, dear listeners, until the stars are right again. Before moving on to this week's Beyond the Madness, I'd like to urge our lovely fans to leave us a review and let us know what you think. Reviews help us reach more people and give us that extra boost of enthusiasm to keep doing what we love. You can find all the places you can review us at starsaride.com forward slash reviews. Thank you.